0: Hi, everybody. I'm Steve Strobridge, the host of Coco Talk. You are listening to the replay of our pilot episode that originally aired as a YouTube video conference call March 19th, 2017. We did this as a spontaneous last-minute get-together, and we talked about our favorite annual retreat, the Glenside Color Computer Club's Cocoa Fest, which was celebrating its 27th anniversary this year in April. And uh, the show was such a great success. We have continued to have Cocoa Talk every week for over 20 weeks now, and what you're listening to now is the first-ever audio podcast version of the show. Now, granted, the show is really aimed towards a live audience, and it's got a lot of video content, but we think it's going to translate pretty well to audio. We do invite you to head over to our website, CocoTalk.live so you can watch video replays, check out links to merchandise and other great stuff, and uh, just stay in touch with the show. This is Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer, with your host, Mr. Gameplay Goodness himself, Stevie Stroud. All right, what's going on, everybody? We are live on the internet, and uh, I am joined by a bunch of handsome dudes above me here. Um, we have the lovely and talented John Linville. We have the not-so-lovely and, and barely-talented Drencor, a.k.a. David Ladd. Uh, we have all the way from Canada A, Curtis Boyle. And I don't even know where you're at, Mark, but we also have Mark over... Holzer, and I said your name right on the first try. How you doing, Mark? Thanks for joining us.
1: Excellent. I'm from Western Oregon, West mm-hmm.
0: Coast. Western Oregon? Yep. All right. Cool. Cool. I couldn't find that on a map if my life depended on me, but I'm sure it's lovely there. That's awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, we are doing a very uh, impromptu discussion about Cocoa Fest because it's something that's on everybody's minds right now. Uh, probably the biggest champion for Cocoa Fest, John Linville co-host or host, primary host of the Cocoa Crew podcast. Um, biggest champion for Cocoa Fest. Uh, we've recently released the itinerary of what's going on. Hey, Jason just got here. What's going on, Jason Rothbergs? Welcome. Um, yeah, we just recently released the itinerary for what's going to be happening at Cocoa Fest. I'll go ahead and switch over to that real quick on the Glenside's. side's um, website here, so I'm going to go over to Cocoa Fest, I didn't remember what page I was on, and I'm going to go to events, and this is our um, potential schedule of events right now. Alan Huffman is here. Alan, are you ready to join the call, dude? Are you still on text only? Um, So, Friday night's the setup, right? I'm I'm going to be getting there kind of late Friday. I think I'm going to be landing around 7 p.m. Chicago time. I don't have a lot to set up, so I'm not really worried about that, but I do hope to meet everybody in the lobby. Um, 9 p.m and you got so basically it looks like from about 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. you can set up your um, your vendor table ahead of time, which we didn't have that luxury last year did we John I wasn't
2: there that early. So we weren't able to get into the show uh, into the venue uh, on Friday night last year. and haven't been for several years. Um, I think the first uh, the first section is really just for the club volunteers to kind of get a, a hop hit on things. It was sort of a complaint from uh, from the, the show organizers last year that uh, there's kind of a flood on Saturday morning. Yeah. And so they wanted a little extra time just for themselves to to get uh, the tables organized and, and that sort of thing. So we've left some time there. And then uh, a little later in the evening, uh, then if you're a vendor or an exhibitor, um, I don't like the term vendor because I think we have more <coughs> exhibitors than vendors per se. But Excuse me. <laughs> bless you. Pleasure. Um, we'll have um, time for people to come in And start getting uh, a, a little jump on getting their setups uh, Organized For people that don't want to get up too early the next morning I guess <laughs> Right, right, right you do want to get up a little bit early to make sure you can also
0: grab that Continental Breakfast as well, because that's yeah. actually pretty good. I know Neil was always raving about the coffee, <laughs> saying it's almost as good as Tim Horton's coffee. Um, I found the coffee to be quite drinkable. I'm not a coffee snob. I'll drink freaking Folgers, Maxwell House. I don't care. But yeah, it was good coffee. Um, so Friday night we will be able to set up and then this is the current itinerary for Saturday right now so it looks like as, as early as 7 a.m we can start to set up our little tables be it an exhibitor or vendor whatever you are uh, is that Mike Rowan there with his smiling face uh, yeah it's just a stock photo but uh. yes we, we, we can we can no, we can no longer call him friend of the show so is, what is his new title now is he member He's, of the
2: show or yeah, almost, <laughs> yeah he uh. He definitely earned his place on the show. So. Yeah,
0: I, I'm I'm a fan of the show, so <laughs> he's now a member of the and he's a great addition, I have to say. Um, so the show is going to open at 9 a.m. Um, so um, Brian Schubing, our music man, will present our national anthem and the Canadian national anthem, eh? Um, and we're going to start off our day. Uh, are you going to do any type of like quick uh, introduction to the fest like you did last year as well? Just kind of
2: letting us know what's going to happen, or um, is just um, I, you know I don't know I might uh, uh, say a few words just at the beginning. Um, kind of left it open. Um, we got a, actually got a couple of complaints from the the uh, volunteers <coughs> there that they. Uh, kind of missed the beginning of the show because <laughs> things were still rolling people were still rolling in and uh trying to take money and listen and whatever uh, it was difficult for them so uh kind of um giving a little extra time there for that opening session um before uh, uh before we have rick adams talk right uh, and um yeah he seems excited about coming to the show we kind of uh Wooed him in, I think uh, With the, the attention and Of course you gave him over the past year And then we gave sure. him some attention and, uh, Yeah, yeah uh, he's Rick is a super, super nice guy You just he can't ask a nicer <laughs> fellow And um, He uh, has a lot of uh, interesting stories From the past And uh, um, a lot of interesting insights Or whatever um, So it should be good to give him a chance To talk um, And uh you know, I think that'll be one of the highlights of the show. Definitely. Um, <laughs> he's been a keynote
3: speaker we're, we're, at Rainbow Fest, too, we're, so we can
0: kind we're of only, that. We're only giving him 45 minutes, so he's going to have to pick just one story.
2: <laughs> he's got <laughs> it's so <true>. many. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Well, it was a kind of an imposition. Wow. You know, we just sort of signed him up for it and then told him he was doing it, but uh, he was kind of have yeah. to go with it.
0: It was great to hear how that unfolded because during the interview, he's like, well, I'm not sure if I can go and I'd like to go, but he had other family commitments in the whole nine yards. But when you manage to uh, finagle him to come and say, yeah, this is a great catch. Um, I've enjoyed, you know, I, I've only met him through the internet, but yeah, I've enjoyed being able to speak with him. He's, he's, a, he's a charming man. I've, I've developed a small friendship with his son, Joel, now too, doing the artwork for the Coco T-shirt. Incredibly talented young man as well. Uh, the talent runs deep in that family. So yeah, definitely looking forward to that one. Um, you're gonna then present for us your uh, audio project, looks like here.
2: Yeah, well, I've just been, um, you know, I did a little YouTube video on uh, adding audio to a cartridge. So I wanted to do more, but you know, real life's kind of caught up this year. Um, sure, so sure. what I'm working on, what you are kind of teasing me about what I was looking after the side actually is uh, I'm working PCB design that incorporates both the audio chip and it have the bank switching, uh, like is uh, done for Robocop and Predator. Um, that was out, uh, ah. in a out Rainbow magazine article from Zumwalt back in June of '90, I think it was. Technologically, it's nothing super great, uh, but you know, it it uh, gives uh, some enhanced capabilities. And uh, we'll start with that. And see if we can fill up a bigger ROM and uh, with a cool game. And
0: uh, yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome.
2: And you know, we could redesign later if we need something bigger. Um, but anyway, I just thought I'd give a little project talk on there. But, you know, we have a lot of other speakers talking about some yeah. cool stuff. And uh, it just, um, I just thought it'd be good to, to kind of kick things off there. Definitely. Text Adventure Authoring
0: Tool by Evan Wright's tentatively around uh, 1130 a.m. Yeah. Um, you can describe a game in XML and then run it through a program which writes it out to 6809
2: assembly files. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that, nice. uh,
2: that is very yep. cool. Uh, that cool. We met him at, um, at uh, BCF Midwest last fall. He was actually giving a presentation on how to get uh, a, car, a cocoa game in a cartridge, which, of course, <laughs> was near and dear to my heart. Uh, had not met him up until that point. He actually was talking with John Strong, I think, on uh, some of that stuff. Um, but he, um, he actually has a game called flood it that, uh, I've, uh, gotten him to agree to let us produce some Okay. Of. Okay. Perfect. We'll have those for sale at the car at the, uh, at the fest, but then he, so Evan, I guess is a teacher at like a community college and he teaches a, a game design course and part okay. of it, he, he pulls in some, some retro, uh, themes. And so I guess this kind of uh, crosses over with with his uh, real-life profession a bit. So he's working on this. He's going to talk about that. So I thought that sounded pretty cool.
0: Definitely. Definitely, definitely. We have, man. This is this is turned out not that last year sucked, or uh, that's my only year. But this has turned out to be a great lineup too, because now so a lot of game related stuff too, which is of interest to me. Um, so now we have John Strong. Then at one o'clock after our lunch break, just going to be talking about his development tools, and we did get a peek of those when I was on a call with him with um, Alan, um, and his his tool setup. I don't know if you've seen it before, um, Mr. Lindbill, but it's quite impressive his his library and. Uh, his tools alone are completely elaborate, and I'm sure that shortens the development cycle in many ways, as far as getting the assets into the program and everything else. So um, that should be interesting to see that demonstration. So we, we've been talking about this, or I've been listening about you guys talk about this for a while. So is this, is this now the trash talk crossover here, where we're going to get some of the TRS-80 stuff in here?
2: Well, you know, this um, we haven't had a lot of, uh, we haven't had as much of that as I think we were hoping to get. Uh, we do have one uh, exhibitor, uh, uh, Peter Satinsky. He's one of the hosts of Trash Talk. He's mm-hmm. coming. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard of a lot of other um, Z80 folks there, but we, you know, this the next talk there with the um, uh, 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 right bald. Oh, I can't remember the name. <laughs>
0: um, um, Vintage is com and the TRS80 by Kirkwood. Uh,
2: Kirkwood. Rietveld. Re- 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 Rietveld. Re- Re- yeah. Okay. Um, so they're supposed to, you know, it's, it's sort of a talk about uh, the the website there. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that. They run a lot of vintage uh, content. And so he's uh, trying to, to pull it back in for some TRS-80 interest. Okay. Uh, I don't really know anything about the talk, but uh, other sure, than just the description sure. there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mining the Rainbow by Boise Pete, a discussion... Of using modern learning techniques to discover information about our favorite magazine from the past—that sounds interesting. Has somebody come up with like a, a query now, where we can search for a topic and have it scan all the metadata from these things? Or,
2: well, so so Boise is uh, uh, you know Boise going back to school. He's working on his PhD, and uh, you know when you do the, when you do your PhD, you know you have a certain number of classes you have to take, and then you go off and do your dissertation or whatever. His la- he's taking his last class now, and it's on machine learning. And um, so he's kind of uh, taking it as a project. A lot of times when he's done these projects, he's found a way to bring the color computer or, or some retro theme into it. And so he's uh, taking um, the index of the rainbow and uh, over the, the course of the, the entire magazine's life and, and looking at the articles and and uh collecting statistics you know things like you know authors and and locations of authors and and links of articles and other kind of points like that and he's feeding it through some machine learning algorithms and uh, trying to get interesting um facts about the statistics Uh, i haven't really seen what he's got okay but it should be you know it should be interesting it might be stuff like well and at the beginning of the rainbow, the average article length was four pages. And by the end, the average article length was 10 pages or, you know, I don't know. It yeah, might be yeah. yeah,
0: that's that's cool. Mm. Uh, this looks interesting here now, too. I, this is again, this is only my second fest, so I don't have a lot of history to draw from. But an award ceremony, is that new?
2: Well, they kind of did this last year they gave out a few um, trophies and. Um, and it was a little bit uh, ad hoc, I think. Um, okay, okay. So they're trying to kind of formalize it a bit more this year. Uh, John Mark Mobley is uh, kind of the, the main mover here. He's acquired the trophies and is kind of pushing okay. it the most. Okay, uh, okay. So I don't know who's getting trophies, uh, or I don't even know what the categories are, but uh, it should be interesting to see. Okay, and, and nobody's going to want to miss the auction,
0: the Saturday auction. The no minimum big auction that was really good hearing how that all came about when uh, Tony Pedraza talked about it on your interview on the podcast. Um, just the evolution of that and how that what was he say that's roughly like is it eighty percent or more or the, the the our our costs only f- like take up like fifty percent of the expense and
2: everything else is filled from this. Yeah, it's, it's roughly uh, half I think, Okay, but, uh, uh, sometimes more than others. Yeah. But. Uh, um, but yeah, that's primarily how they pay for the show, and then it's—I uh, think it's the best part.
0: <laughs> it definitely is,
2: yeah. if, if nothing
0: else. Um, my Highly entertaining! My, <laughs> my only regret was not only having one suitcase, so I'm thinking about maybe bringing an empty suitcase with me this year. Because what is it, fifty bucks to have it—you know—extra bag each way is probably worth it. In what you'd save in shipping, not to mention the the savings you get on what you buy there. Um, and yeah, so it's always
3: watching somebody try to outbid Alan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you know, last year was my first Cocoa Fest, and uh, it is a cool event. It definitely is. It's a ton of fun, and getting getting it, the ability to meet people that uh, that you've only seen online or in fact maybe never met before. Um, my my only regret from last year was spending all the time um, live streaming it all, not really being able to soak in the exhibitor, exhibitor area as much. Because there's really like two shows going on. There's the exhibitor area, and it's its own ecosystem of conversations and activities going on. And then there's all of these kind of TED Talks that go on for two days as well, Coco TED Talks. Um, so what I think I'm going to do this year is I'm just going to leave the laptop there running and just let it stream all day. And I'll just have up there the description and the itinerary, you know, this time is going to be this person and that person. And that way I I want to try to spend a little bit more time in both places because there's a lot to take in, you know. And that brings us to the dinner.
2: The dinner was great. Yeah, so the dinner was new last year and we we thought it was well received and uh, wanted to have it again. So I think that the price, uh, maybe a little bit more than last year, but uh, I think it's going to be well worth it. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to keep everyone together. The food I thought was really good. Yeah. It was. And, um, you know, I, I just hope it's going to be as good this year as it was last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If it's the same place, you know, I can't yeah, see yeah. why it wouldn't be. The sure. trivia contest, the trivia contest was great too. That was that was a lot of fun. That was basically like Jeopardy. You had three people up there competing for cash and prizes, <laughs> competing for who's the nerdiest Coco know-it-all. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> well, that was definitely fun. Ah, and then we have the lovely and talented Alan Huffman going to give us more of his examples on how to optimize basic. I've been loosely following those, but I have them all bookmarked, so when I want to have the time to absorb them better. Um, the evening stuff was fun, too. So there's the hangout and there's the uh, the jam, the quote-unquote jam. Uh, I had heard, you know, just from before, it, it was a bigger sing-along, but I think just the attendance always changes and everything else. So it wasn't as much of a sing-along, but it was fun and it was cool. But there's yeah, a lot Yeah, usually Brother do.
3: Jeremy kind of heads that up and then Alan yeah. would play, I would play and, and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I, just, I know so. the two of them weren't quite up to it. Jeremy had some jet lag and... And Alan wasn't feeling too well, or I had something else to do. I can't remember the exact circumstance, but just it just didn't work out. Yeah. So we just kind of sat in the corner and made. Yeah, noise. it was
0: fun. It was definitely <laughs> fun. I mean, it was it's just something to do. It was nice to get Tony Pedraza in there singing. You know, he's got a nice set of pipes on him. Yeah. I so, hope James Jones bangs his flute
3: and stuff again this time too, because yeah. we used to play "Stairway to Heaven" with that. But that was sounded pretty good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's fun. So that's uh, and and so is it? Um, so Saturday we have the room until midnight. Is it? That's right. So we have the room until midnight. Um, yeah, till midnight. So, yeah, so Saturday is going to be a fun-filled day. There's just a ton of stuff going on Saturday. Um, Sunday, we kick it off with, again with the Music Man
2: and our national anthems. Is there going to be a, a, a church service as well in the morning? No, so as far as I know, there's not going to be, you know, J- Brother Jeremy is not going to be able to join us this year. Okay. Uh, traditionally, he would run the service, and we don't have anybody else that's an heir apparent there. So I don't believe there will be any church service this year. Okay. Uh, um, so okay. just have to live without it.
0: There you go. Another presentation by John Strong, the future of Cocoa Gaming. So then we'll hear about his sound chips and his, his some of his hardware projects he's got going on. That'll be cool. Uh, good to see Brett Gordon again, this time mm-hmm. talking about Fuzix or Fuzix or Fuzix or Fuzix, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, hopefully he'll get interrupted a little bit less this year than he did last year. (laughs) That was interesting. That was a train wreck. Um, (laughs) all of the constant interruptions, but yeah, uh, he's an interesting guy. Um, it's really cool to see what everybody's doing with the cocoa. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I guess he'll talk maybe, is he going to talk about global again too, or is it just going to be this, the, the physics?
2: Uh, Probably he'll talk, um, Primarily about physics, and he's also been working with Jim Brain on uh, uh, wow. doing some networking stuff with the the, the, the uh, Ethernet card prototype. So he'll probably talk a bit about that. And this project's coming along here could get here very
0: well too. The Coco VGA by Brendan Donahue. Uh, I saw his latest YouTube video, all the different color modes and different artifact modes he can get in here, and. Um, uh, even the hybrid colors, the kind of dithering where you kind of like took orange and white and made it look like yellow and stuff. Uh, that's really neat what they're doing and how it's now it looks like it's software switchable now instead of uh, toggle mm-hmm. switches, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's cool. I'd love to see how that's coming along. Um, I'm sure he'll have it demoed at his uh, exhibitor table as well. Uh, lunch and Glenside meeting at noon. Uh, then another on the Sunday auction. So that's going to go. So, so the Sunday auction will kind of be the last thing, um, kind of the, the grand finale. And that's always good because at that point, it's like you got to get everything off the table. And so a lot <laughs> of interesting, a lot of interesting things happen. My yeah. biggest regret was just not having the room for the stuff, you know, but it's it's this is like eBay you know this is like penny auction. real time eBay. this is this is like real-time egypt this is like penny stock ebay where you can get like a cocoa for five cents or some of this crazy 25 cent line printers it's just the the things that were flying off of there is interesting and i think tony also mentioned they're going to have dueling auctioneers this year as well so we'll have another dynamic personality to help uh with
2: that that's right um yeah uh, we'll have a second auctioneer um uh, drawing a blank on his name, it's Jason. Jason Timmons, uh, okay. the, one of the organizers from VCF Midwest, they kind of picked up the auction idea from Cocoa Fest and have done that Some at VCF Midwest the past year or two, and so he's going to come uh, back to Cocoa Fest and, and assist with the auction. Uh, should be interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, Jason, where is this event at? It's in. Am I saying it? Is it Lombard? Not Lombard with an O, but Lombard with a U. <laughs> is that really how it's sure. pronounced? Lombard? It's Lombard, I, I,
2: I, I, Illinois. say Lombard, but, you know, it's close enough. Yeah. Interesting fact, uh, just to stick it in there, someone pointed this out to me. There's a there's a documentary that's out. It's fairly new called Man vs. Snake, okay. uh, which is about a video game uh, challenge. It's kind of like the old King Kong documentary uh, where somebody's trying okay. to yeah. record. Um Cool. It's a cool documentary. You should watch it. But the interesting part is early on that there's a scene in the documentary and it's at the, the, the same location. It's oh. at the turn point Point lo- uh, location. Okay, okay. Um, you can uh, see the hotel. You can uh, see the room where we hold the auction. And the funny thing is, it's for it like was filmed in 2008. The carpet's still the same. The stuff on the wall still the same. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it looks exactly the same. Um, wow. But uh, anyway, if you get a chance, you might want to check that out. Man versus Snake, you say? Yeah, it's uh, it's about a video game called Nibbler, which I'd never okay. heard of. Um, yeah, there's a Coco clone or two of it. Yeah, yeah so um, um, pretty cool documentary. Uh, and if you liked King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, it's uh, very much in that same spirit. Okay. Although this one makes Billy Mitchell look like a much nicer guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that guy, Billy, yesterday. Um, yeah. yeah, Billy Mitchell. Yeah. Billy Mitchell, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so we got a lot going on the the auction, and then an offsite dinner as well. Um, impromptu talks and announcements will possibly come up as well in between, before, during, after, to the side. Um, a thread between it all—you never know. That's always good. Um, so it sounds like we got a full dance card already. Um, and and you never know. Things subject to change. You might get uh, something else. that might be added or changed in between then. But right now, this is looking like the uh, the event lineup for for for, uh, for the moment. Uh, Mike Rowan, the lovely and talented Mike Rowan.
2: <laughs> so I'm going to have to bow out here. Okay, okay. So thanks enjoy. for thanks for being here with us. All right. See you guys. Okay. Take care, John. John Linville,
0: host of the Cocoa Crew podcast, at cocoacrew.org. Alright, so John is gone We'll return after these announcements
2: Something new is coming Tandy Assembly Tandy Assembly is about Radio Shack and Tandy Computers Tandy Assembly is about interacting Tandy Assembly is about people Tandy Assembly is about fun The first
3: gathering of its kind Computers of the seventies, eighties, and nineties.
4: All Radio Shack and Tandy makes and models.
2: Join, Join us. us. Don't miss Tandy Assembly in Chillicothe, Ohio, October seventh and eighth. Whether you're near or far, Tandy Assembly is for
3: everyone. Visit our web page at www.tandyassembly.com. Tandy, Tandy Assembly. assembly. Hi, I'm Mike Rowan, and you're watching the original gamer Stevie Stroh. And when you're done watching, come over and listen to the Coco Crew podcast.
0: What do you guys want to say about Coco Fest or Coco stuff in general?
3: Oh, looking forward to the fest, obviously. I'm yes. pretty sure I'll be going this year. It was touch and go for a bit, but uh, pretty sure I'll be going. So I'll only be bringing one guitar this time, though not not both—an acoustic and an electric. I'll probably just bring the electric.
0: Okay, okay.
3: Which means that we have no choice but to rock out. <laughs> well, I'm bringing the effects pedal, so I can I yeah. can go
0: chorusy if you need to. But were you, uh, uh, David? Did you hang out around the jam on Friday and Saturday night, or were you hanging out somewhere else?
4: Um, you know, I missed the jam, but I don't know if I was in the other room or if I was had left to go eat. I'm not quite okay sure last year. You probably
0: just wanted Peace and Quiet. Yeah, but, you know, when uh, I I re-edited those jams and just, you know, edited them down to just the song, so I trimmed all the dead space between songs you can hear so many conversations going on I can hear William Assel in the background talking about uh, all kinds of stuff about Linux and protocols and ports and all kinds of stuff there's just there's a myriad of conversations on a variety of topics going on and I could just hear all that in the background Um, because that particular one that I re-edited was from my um, my handheld camera there was one where I had my laptop doing a live stream and I think that live stream probably got better audio maybe because it was closer to the amps and stuff but the other one was that handheld camera and that's the stuff i downloaded and i edited and it was closer to a bunch of people talking and (laughs) there are many times you can hear these conversations louder than you can hear the music so there's there's no shortage of of things to do or see or talk about at coco fest um mark are you gonna make it uh no unfortunately not yeah no not this year maybe next year have you been to one before no, I haven't. I've only gotten into the cocos in the last mm, three, four years, five years. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Old school Apple Commodore guy. Okay, well that's fine. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> 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 I've got yeah, two, I've two Coco twos and a Coco three. And- yeah, and there's there's never been a better time to get into Coco. You know, between you can do just about everything in an emulator. If nothing else, if you don't want to make a hardware investment. Uh, and then when you, if you do have the hardware, there's a ton of projects out now to support that. Um, when I you know, I haven't spoken to Nick in a while, but you know, one of those projects was Nick Marentis's Pop Star Pilot. You know, um, Nick had mentioned to me before. He's like, listen, if you're gonna go, and and when last time I spoke to Nick about this, I didn't think I was gonna make it. and He goes, well, if you can make it. I'm going to see if I can send you some artwork so you can get some pop star shirts made and be easier for you to make them in the States and bring them over than for me to ship them. So we had kind of a informal conversation about that. I would love to be the official... Carrier of the Popstar pilots for Nick and just have some of those shirts available too, or coffee mugs or anything else. So I'm really hoping to catch up with him again because we're running out of time, you know, if we're going to get anything, you know, physically produced. Um, But that'd be kind of cool. And I think he'd even talked about one time maybe shipping some to to me to bring to again because it's easier to ship at once to the States and whatever. I don't know. So I I do want to get hold of Nick because I think it would be great to have him represented there this year in some fashion. You know, if nothing else I'll I'll find a way to have the game playing there. Um, but it's definitely a cool event. It was my first one, you know. I didn't know what to expect, but I really enjoyed it. It's a ton it's a ton to take in, you know. And David, how many times have
3: you been?
4: Um well in the nineties I was there I think three or four times. Um,
3: that's back when we were El- still in Elgin or
4: um yes, cuz the last time I went was 1997 and then then it was from there until last year.
3: And kind of like me cuz I went up till about 2002 and then I last year's the first time I was back in a while.
4: Yeah, cuz t- 1997 I had pre-ordered the Glenside IDE boards and um, didn't get them until a few years later if I remember right, but um but yeah, it's, uh, I had fun. Every year was fun. And then, of course, Brett Gordon, oh my goodness gracious, he's he's a hoot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because,
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, last year between all the conversations and everybody hanging out until like, what, 1, 2, 3 a.m. in the hotel lobby <laughs> last year, Saturday night. And then, yeah, um, yeah it was just... Just amazing how much stuff to try to soak in.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, just a small anecdote when you're talking about being up till three in the morning, um, you know, w- w- I, I actually have sleep apnea and I have to sleep with a little thing, a little thing that puts air up my nose so I don't choke on myself when I sleep at night. I brought my machine, but I forgot the nose piece, so I couldn't use that. So I had two of the worst night's sleep of my life uh, at Cocoa Fest. And, and like I, I, I snore to the point where I can actually suffocate myself so I can't breathe and everything else. So it was really, literally horrible, horrible sleep those two nights. I fell asleep uh, maybe Saturday night, whenever it was. Uh, I think I went to bed. I don't know, maybe one o'clock or something. I had just fallen asleep around three a.m. and one of my jackass friends who we used to play Minecraft with calls me on Skype because I think my laptop was still on or something and woke me up. It, could, it was one of the one of the guys from India. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Um, uh, I can't even think of his name right now. I'm having a, I'm having a brain freeze. But anyways, it was Ann Mole was the guy who called me. It wasn't Sodup, the guy who's in our group right now. So he calls me at three. I mean, I know there's a time difference and there's a different country, but I got so pissed off at this guy. I'm like, dude, you woke me up at three in the morning. I just fell asleep. I hate you. I'm unfriending you for life. You're blocked. burning hell. The whole <laughs> You know, And it took a while, but I eventually cooled down and, and, and refriended him. But you talk about being up to 3 in the morning. That first night for me was freaking rough, man. Um, it was a good time, but it was two of the worst nights of sleep for me because I was a dumbass and didn't pack my freaking medical device I needed. So, um, I'm hoping that's not going to be a problem this year. I'm going to check my bag much more carefully. <laughs> that
3: would be a good idea. Yeah. Or, or check for some place nearby you can get it if you need it.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that's not like an over-the-counter type thing. you got to order them oh, and stuff okay. like that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it was a challenge, yeah. But, yeah, I had a hell of a time. I came in Friday, and when I came in, it was just a lobby full of people hanging out, which was really cool. And for me, it was overwhelming. So many faces. Uh, there's only a few faces I recognize from Facebook to begin with. So there's, there's, there's more people who are not on Facebook that come to Cocoa Fest, I think, than actually go there because it's more, I, I would say, that probably 80% of the people are from the Cocoa list. And these people are off the Facebook radar to me. And, and the
3: Glen side as well. That probably aren't. And,
0: and the Glen side. So, so at least with, with Facebook, I have a way to kind of put a face to the name. Um, but when it comes to people on the mailing list, you know, they're they're just names, and I don't read that list very often, anyways. But it's uh, not, not that it's bad. It's just I don't get a chance to. Um, so it was nice to meet a lot of people. Uh, and, and again, I didn't know what to expect or how to work it now I think I have a better idea so I do definitely want to focus more on the exhibitor area because I think there's a lot to hang out. I think if I can keep my live stream running, um, just kind of have the laptop sitting there just streaming most of the of the TED Talks during the day, I can then use my handheld camera and maybe do little mini interviews at all the exhibitor areas too so we can get Twice the content, and maybe later on I can then upload those and make more videos from the exhibit room. I really feel like I missed a big chunk of the fest by not being able to hang out in that exhibit room as much, you know. Um, so I'm gonna try. Yeah, to- it is. I mean, they had the same problem at Rainbow Fest because Rainbow
3: Fest they used to book several seminars at the same time, depending on what your interests were. Well, sometimes you were interested in all of them, and you couldn't possibly make them all. Yeah. And it was the same same issue where you you had to pick and choose, and you'd miss really good stuff. You hear about it afterwards, so.
0: Yeah, you gotta pick your poisons. This is definitely, I think, a little bit man- a little bit easier to manage, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. You know, just going back to that itinerary again. I'm just gonna pull up that itinerary. It's huge. And here's a picture of Ben Anding. Now, what did we miss? Because this has changed. There were more people on here before William Astle was on here. I thought he was listed as somebody. Oh, maybe no. You know what was not on us? This is just the speaking one. It's under vendors. Let's look at the vendor list, right? So let's let's look at who's going to have exhibits at the table. Okay, so we have Carl. I, I met Carl last year. He's an interesting guy, right? So he's going to yeah. have uh, he's going to have a table, right? So he's a charter member and exhibitor of Cocoa Fest. and. Um, he exhibits something new and something unusual. That's a great way to explain that, right? So, <laughs> Boise is going to be co-hosting the trivia contents. Here's Brendan Donahue. Okay. My project is called Coco VGA, and we've seen some of those YouTube videos, so that's going to be great. He's going to be an exhibitor. Bruce Moore, handsome fellow. Not sure what he's going to do, but he's going to have a table. Good for you, Bruce. Uh, Mark Marlette. It was, I can't remember his wife's name, but a lovely woman, too, but it was great to meet them both last year. Just great. great great people. Uh, Mark had probably three or four tables wide and just had so much stuff. Not only all the new Cloud9 products like the Coco Flash cartridge and he had that VGA board that he had and a few other things, but then he had tons of cartridges. I bought a a mouse. I bought a one-button Coco Mouse. I bought a a, uh, Orchestra 90. I think I bought an extra speech sound card. I got some cartridges. I got two copies of um, Dungeons of Dagrith still shrink-wrapped in the plastic that I thought was pretty freaking awesome. So he just had bins and bins and bins of the original silver box ROM packs and the plastic blister packs. So just so much stuff that Cloud9 had. It was like, that was a candy store right there. Um, I think he
3: also does upgrades and stuff there too, doesn't he, in the after hours? Like if you wanted Uh, to get an upgrade that
0: requires some soldering and
3: stuff. I think he actually does that. He's had done it in the past anyway.
0: uh, that That is definitely distinctly possible. Uh, okay, so what's Alan saying here now? They will start with a list from a past year. I am on there, but I've never said I was going, uh, doing anything. Oh, the survey asked what you would speak on if you did, so I put that in. Now I have a time slide. <laughs> okay, so Frank Patel will demo his Cocoa FPG. Now, is this, is this a new Cocoa FPG? I don't recognize the name Frank Patel. I recognize the name. Okay. Um, how many of these projects do we have? I know. How many, how many FPGA coca's? Okay. There's Jim Brains. There's- uh, Glenside Mark II IDE interface is going to be an exhibit. Um, Gordon. Okay, this is um, Gordon. Who's Gordon? Is that Brett Gordon? Or is that? No, that's, yeah, Brett Gordon. So, uh, Fusix. He's going to have Fus- Fusix and um, possibly some global thermal nu- nuclear war running as well. Um, Lin- Linda Pedraza, Tony's wife. Tony's the president of Glenside. Lovely woman as well. I'm glad I got to meet her last year. So she's going to have custom jewelry and bracelets that she made. Hawksoft, Coco software and hardware. That's Chris Hawks. Chris Hawks. Okay. X10 emulation hardware and software, MM1 software, and more. Is also a partner in development with the Logical 7.0 for the Coco. Is Logical, is that the one that Bob Swoger demoed yeah. last year where you can launch... Programs from this and everything else. Okay. Okay, this is cool. So I remember talking about this last year. So this is Ben Anding, the young fellow with the Afro who we saw rubbing the heron a few minutes ago, right? So he was talking about doing a text adventure. That was going to be, let's say, a more adult-themed text adventure, like a text oh, version geez. of a leisure suit Larry. So I forgot what I was going to call it. type the Madame something Bordellos. Uh, I forgot the exact name. Is it a clone of him.
3: the Madame Roses massage partner? Well, was, uh, it was going to be something a like that. text adventure from back in the 80s?
0: He was going to do something like a Bordello-type text adventure he was wanting to do. So So Ben Anding is going to be there as a as an exhibitor. Now, he, he
3: works for the same company Boise does, doesn't he? He
0: does. He works with yeah. Boise. Yeah, yeah. And he talking about being new to the Coco. Mark says, "How long you been at the Coco, Mark? A couple of years, you say, or?" Uh, four to five. Yeah. Well, Ben was even less than that. Ben's like twenty-one years old. He wasn't even born when the Coco was out, you know. So he's probably the, he's our definitely our Coco baby. Uh,
4: didn't
0: didn't he get a uh, Tano last year? He might have. No, I know was, he was.
4: Yeah,
0: I think he did. That was kind of cool, right? So they had the dragon. And the dragon was playing Flagon Bird, which is uh, Steve uh, Bamford's game from the UK. So it was kind of cool to see a UK-based game played on the UK Coco, uh, or at least the US version of the UK Coco. So that was kind of cool. John Mark Mobley. Um, he, he's been put on the past 14, uh, new, last 14 newsletters. Uh, please drop by his booth and let him know you like what you saw on the newsletters. He's going to also have Sockmaster's Donkey Kong remix playing on a Coco. That should be fun. I just saw on YouTube now Sockmaster's got a Donkey Kong Jr. Junior. remix. Oh, my God. That's got to be that, awesome. That's the actual arcade board, though. That's not a Coco oh, board. Oh, okay. I want to see that, though. Yeah. Okay. you so missed Jim John...
3: O'Keefe above, too, I think.
0: Oh, did I miss Jim O'Keefe? Okay, Jim O'Keefe, yes, who is the guy who made Plateau of the Past, which was kind of cool. I got a copy of that last year. Um, He's an avid floppy collector. I remember him uh, arm wrestling a few people at the auction for some items. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I got my Plateau of the Past. I bought last year, too. So um, he also had produced these T-shirts of the 25th anniversary Cocoa Fest from last year. So I guess I'll have some more of those and all floppy stuff and all kinds of stuff John Mark Mobley, John Linville is going to be having games for sale and probably demoing his um, um, uh, soundboard. Here we go Here's William Astle is it, is it, Do I pronounce the T? I can't even read here. Is it, this, is it Astle or Astle? I don't know. Sorry about that William I met him last year. Interesting guy does, does he Is he the guy who made LW Tools or is he just showing off LW Tools?
3: No, he made yeah. it.
0: Okay Lost he also lives in presence. Canada.
3: He lives in Alberta, one province over from me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's now uh, he's an interesting guy too. We were chatting last time too because he was, what did he what did he do to Dungeons of Dargrath? I know he has some involvement in that. Did he port it to the floppy, and do some stuff? Yeah, to- he he
4: manually disassembled it and then okay. he uh, uh, did the modifications to um, I guess it was decompress the graphic routines. Because in order to fit everything, I guess the manufacturers had to compress the entire thing to fit in an 8K ROM. So he had to completely decompress everything and figure out how some of the compression routines were working. Then he changed the um, cassette routines to support floppy, or the floppy instead of the cassette. So...
3: Yeah, because I mean, Burke and Burke, had Chris Burke had done a, a, a thing like that too, Dagger a Patch, I think it was called or something, but it was a commercial product and it never got released afterwards and of course, you know, Chris doesn't come out anymore, so yeah. it's nice that William, you know, picked up the torch and yeah. now everybody can have that.
0: That's impressive, yeah.
3: And his LW tools, a lot of the people use that for cross development.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So Mike Rowan, not no longer friend of the show, but member of the show. Um, Mike last year had some coffee mugs, and I know on one side it was uh, said OS nine, the other one was was just uh, you know disk Extender color basic or something like that. So it was a mug for for either for either evil. Um, he also had the five twelve K RAM badges to replace on your Coco three. I, I still haven't put mine on yet. I can't figure out how to get my RAM badge off. It's not that important. But, yeah, I still have my RAM badge from last year. Neil Blanchard, co-host of the Coco Crew uh, podcast. He, oh, I'm, I'm actually going to buy a Sega adapter this year because especially playing Popstar Pilot, I think I need a digital stick at this point now because I still haven't made it past the caverns. So <laughs> I thought you Rand- made level three once. Uh, I, I just made it out and died as soon as I got I, I don't. I don't count that because I didn't get very far. Okay, Randy Weaver. Uh, he's showing up now a lot on Facebook. I don't know his um, lineage as far as how long he's been a Coco person, but I've noticed him recently a lot on uh, Facebook and stuff. So we're not sure what Randy's going to do, but he got a table. You know what? The the great thing about the table, I don't think the table's that much money. Ten bucks? Twenty bucks, maybe? It's a place to park your butt, you know? So rather than having to worry about standing or not knowing where you can sit, even if you don't have anything to sell or demo, it's a cheap... Place to have a comfortable piece to s- place to sit for two, for two days. D- you know? For two days, yeah, you know what I mean. Okay, Jim Brain, Retro Innovations. Last year, I remember he was working on his custom multi-pack interface um, that could be daisy chained to support like more than eight items. You know, I know his standard one had four slots, and it looked like he was using like a 40-pin IDE cable where he could expand these uh, these buses to allow for more slots. So. Now he's going to be doing a Coco Flash. I remember John Strong talking about this because John is using this to test bank switching because John's going to need to do bank switching when he does his Fix-It Felix Handy Andy cartridge because he's going to need more than 16 or 32K uh, of ROM space so he's going to be using that as a um, as a testing thing. Um, Richard and Brenda Chrislip uh, we have the 6309 processor and Cloud9's protector, and this item will be using DriveWire for my laptop as a possible demonstrating the um, SDC card recently developed and sold. Okay, that's cool. I've got color baseball. And downland available if anybody wants to try them out. That's cool. So yeah, I remember these. I remember him from last year. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was kind of cool to see uh, color baseball playing there. Okay. So there's me. I'm gonna have my DVD and who knows what else. Uh, John Strong from Strongware. I'm gonna probably buy one of every one of his 3D printed cases because even though I, I don't have most of these items, I know I'm gonna have them eventually. So like last year, I bought one for the MCS uh, MCX 128 memory expansion. And I still haven't even taken it out of the shrink wrap yet. It's still sitting on my shelf. But I bought one. But it's, it's the way I look at it is this. It's it's better to get it and not have to pay the shipping. <laughs> you know? So yeah. just get, get them all. Now, here we go. Here's Alan Huffman. Sub-Etha Software. Is it Etha or Etha? How do we pronounce Alan's company? I believe it's Etha. It's, it's it's from sub,
3: uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
0: Okay. Sub-Etha Software. So Alan will be here. Um... Very, very cool. The Music Man's always had a great setup, or at least the one time I saw him. And then Wally. Wally, what, how old is Wally? Wally's got to be in his 80s?
3: I'm not even sure, to be honest. He's been there like, since yeah, way,
0: yeah, way, so back. Was, yeah. i and he, him every year. So. <laughs> last year at the auction, he's bidding against himself. He's like outbidding <laughs> himself on stuff. And John's like, Wally, you don't have to do that. But Wally bought a ton of stuff last year at the auction as well. So... Um, yeah, there's a lot going on at Coco Fest this year, and I think we I think we've probably talked about will Jim be there. Jim, which which Jim? Alan Jim Jim Brain? Which, which which Jim is was is Alan asking about in the chat here? Etha. E- e- th- yeah. Etha. I haven't th-
3: listened to hitchhikers th- in a while, but I was pretty sure that's how they pronounced e- it. Etha,
2: Very cool. After these messages, we we'll right back. Radio Shack TRS 80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up to the minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS 80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers.
0: Hey, what's going on everybody? It's me, it's Original Gamer Stevie Stro. And I just want to let you know that I have merchandise available at my website right down here called ogsteviestro.com. What kind of merchandise do I have? Well, you can get yourself a DVD kind of like this. This here's my DVD from 2016. This is the Cocoa Fest 25th Anniversary Color Computer Gaming DVD. What else can you get on that website where well, you can get yourself a DVD like this. This here is my brand new DVD for 2017. This is my Cocoa Fest 26th Anniversary DVD featuring uh, 13 gameplay videos and over 3 hours of, uh, or at least maybe 2 hours of, um, you know, gameplay goodness. Well, for a limited time anyways, too, you can get yourself the 2017 version of Pop Style Pilot on my website by going to ogstevestro.com, and you can also get yourself a really cool retro swag shirt like this that says Original Gamer. You can get the insert coin logo, you can get the I'm a Cocoa Nut, you can get some Atari 2600, you can get all kinds of retro images on a t-shirt or a coffin mug. It's all good stuff, and it's great merchandise, and I'd really appreciate it if you go to my website right here, ogstevestro.com. Click on the link for merchandise. Check out what we got. Get yourself some today. Alright people. Let's get everybody in frame here. So we've got David Ladd, we've got Curtis, we've got Mark. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's uh, it's a fun two days. It's a great way to geek out for sure. Um, Great way to get your cocoa out. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it, and and, and I know you know when I, I met you briefly last year, David, and I, I know we didn't spend a lot of time talking then, but we've definitely become very good friends this past year because you know David and I are playing games quite frequently and are on Skype chat or Discord chat or something, so. Um, come to know you quite well, um, over the past year. So it'd be nice to hang out with you now as a, as a, like a year long friend, you know, (laughs) indeed, (laughs) you know, it was great. Um, Like Curtis and I had done a ton of stuff together on Skype, you know, but we never met before. So to hang out with Curtis for two days was awesome too, you know? So it's like all the people you meet, um, on these online communities, it's nice to meet in person sometimes too, you know?
4: Yeah. It's, uh, like for me, a lot of the people, Um, you know, the, the email list I've emailed, you know, some there, but most of the people that I was hoping to meet were the ones that were in the IRC channel, you know? So like, you know, Curtis and, uh, Brett and William and, you know, pretty much everybody that was there. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to actually get to meet everybody that's been in here. So, yeah, Did, did
0: Alan just join us? Looks like he's trying. Okay, we're we yeah. Go. I think he did. He has gone um, portrait and not landscape. I guess we, we have to, to talk nice different. about him now. It's got to be different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I've been listening to all of this. I've been I've been having dinner and working on stuff.
0: Okay, you're excused. You're excused. Okay. <laughs> So that's uh, nice nice of you to finally join us. Uh by the way, uh Alan, uh, I don't I, I didn't we didn't get to ask the question. Uh the, the time with Jerry Buckner flew by so quickly and I was so I can't believe how nervous I was. I don't know if I came across that way, but I was really nervous. Um, I, I only screwed up his name one time, but I was on pins and needles the whole time. Um, how did you get to know um, Jerry Buckner, and how you know what was your relationship that allowed us to get this interview going?
1: It, it's it's really funny. I don't remember what my first contact with him was, but it might have been a long time ago for the Waffle House music. Okay, but I'm pretty sure. Even if that wasn't it, um, it might have been after Wreck It Ralph, and I saw their names in the credits. I probably okay. just looked up and dropped him a note somewhere, and um, you know said, "Hey, how'd this happen? This was really cool." And we would just start talking about stuff. Wow! Uh, and and it just started as a conversation, just tracking him down through his website and wrote yeah. him a letter. And. Um, uh, At, I one thing that I was disappointed in is he's got that new song, Old School Games, which God. would be a perfect 30-second or 20-second music yeah. bed intros for the retro videos.
0: I have I had it queued up, but when he gave us the five-minute sign saying he had to go, I just like, you know, but he's already written me back saying, let's do it again. So hopefully we can have a part two. That um, would be
1: great. And yeah. I'm listening to those interviews from the special edition Pac-Man album now. And hearing Aren't they great? Those- that is awesome. I'd only heard a few of those stories before, and I don't know why I didn't buy that album when it came out. I don't think I was really aware of it, um, or was just too broke. So yeah. I'm
0: all <laughs> yeah um but yeah i can't thank you enough for for putting that together because i and and uh, you know the irony was uh, you think you probably emailed me about this a year ago saying would you like to talk to jerry butner of of butner garcia and i'm like of course i would i'd love to and then i don't remember if i dropped the ball or we just never got a follow-up email or whatever it was but for whatever reason it didn't happen last year um and it did now and and you know i'm i'm I think that's probably good that it didn't happen last year because we've had a year of doing interviews to get better at refining the process. You know, Um, well,
1: your scenes are certainly a lot fancier today.
0: Yeah, I put a lot of thought into that and spent literally almost two straight weeks working on editing videos and doing things and coming up with ideas and transitions and stuff. So I definitely put a lot of thought and, and time and energy into it because I wanted this to be I wanted I wanted what I could do to be as close to the scale of my world of what the scale of what he did is for the real world, you know. <laughs> so I um, <laughs> tried to make it as good as I can make it. And uh, hopefully I succeeded at least halfway at doing that. Um, but you know, it was really cool. It was really, really cool. Um, and Curtis as well. Thanks for being there with doing that. Um, you know, I, I really am very grateful for everything that that's come from being part of this Cocoa community because. You know, if it wasn't for people watching my Coco videos I, I don't know what the hell would be happening to me on YouTube because I get like 15 views on anything that's not Coco or retro related but a Coco video gets 100 views hands down you know so <laughs> uh, it's like I, I sometimes say why am I not why am I bothering playing a modern game well it's because I like playing it but nobody wants to watch me play the damn thing you know so <laughs> I <just have> to <laughs> there's a lot of
3: competition for modern games So you're competing with you tons know, of YouTubers
0: I, and I don't even look at it as a competition but yeah I hear what you're saying um but yeah so you know i'm i, I kind of met alan and curtis and all you guys before we even started talking you guys were like commenting on my videos before i kind of met you and you it was between like you and alan and and um ed snyder and john linville all these people that i met either through my youtube videos or through the google plus page and then which got me to the facebook page and just starting to meet all these people it's just been a great experience and um, it's been experience I never would imagine being able to talk to Nick Morentes or talk to John Strong or talk to, you know, Rick Adams and, and um, Dale Lear and the image and producers soggy. and, you know, all these people. Um, so it's, it's very cool when you have somebody who's done something, but they're cool enough to want to talk to people about it and they don't have like the, uh, you know, the, uh, the big star attitude you know humbleness i guess is the word you're looking for right so somebody who's kind of humble um to me it makes it even more overwhelming because they have no reason to be and when they are it just to me it makes them an even larger than life uh person you know
3: yeah i'm really looking forward to rick adams keynote too because i was actually at the rainbow fest
0: the last time he did a keynote which was oh god when was that late 80s i think okay this looks like alan is showing us his serial port sound Touristic. card now, this is his soundboard right
3: or soundboard
1: this is, I kept missing cables and connectors and adapters, so I finally got, uh, came in yesterday, so I finally got the adapter. So this is the BitBanger directly into the sound chip. And if I get any time tonight, I'm going to port my sequencer over to Color Basic and have it being able to play independent music in the background and try to do some little basic demo. So that's one of my uh, projects this week.
0: Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah. We were talking about that on the John Strong interview, uh, but it's good yep. to see that you got all your your bits and pieces kind of uh, correlated.
1: <laughs> and I, then I got, uh, I've got, I don't even know if I'm I'm supposed to tell people I have this, but I've got this thing which is uh, uh, a stereo sound card for the Color Computer, so I got to support it now too.
0: Okay, and is that NSA triple encrypted as well? Is this like a black box type situation? I have no idea. <laughs> it looks like some type of code cracking thing a government agency would use. So,
1: Four <laughs> <laughs> joystick ports on it, too. Wow.
0: Is that the Ed Snyder one?
1: No. That, that's, that's the thing. Is there, there must be uh, four or five people working on sound right now.
0: Oh, that's wow. going beca- to become an issue if we have a fragmented market and people yes, are not going to know which one to it, develop for.
1: Well, it is, but a lot of them are choosing common sound part- parts. And remember the old days of PCs, you had all these different drivers and ad lib yeah. and sound yeah. drivers, And it was a mess, but we figured it out. Yeah. So I'm feeling that software is just going to have to say, are you using this chip or this chip? You know, it'll just have a couple of settings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and hopefully I can get something to support my serial port one. And I think John Strong is going to be um, uh, mocking up the pro the production board and a case and stuff for it. So hopefully it'll be something that has a power plug and a Cocoa serial port cable that just sits on the back, kind of like a uh, high-res joystick interface plug-in. Okay, in.
0: okay. So
1: hopefully it'll just be all turnkey.
0: How does it get its power? Is it getting its power from the serial port as well?
1: No, it's going to use an external power supply, but it's just going to use a uh, regular cell phone USB power supply. Okay,
0: the nice,
3: nice. It's- Over-the-counter stuff. Was yeah, so that kind the- of like a Disney sound source was in the PC? Because that was port 2, wasn't it?
1: Uh, it was, but all that was was a Wave player. I had one oh. of those.
3: Yeah, so yeah, did I. A little a- white box. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, so this, will, this is an exciting time for sound. Um, we might go from having games that don't make a lot of sound to games that make a ton of sound. And somebody else is even working on some non-hardware solutions for this, too. So there's wow. a lot of... Going. Wow.
0: wow. Yeah, I've had some talks with him on that.
3: Yeah. So, I was,
0: what was I going to say about that? Um Are you going to bring that to Coco Fest? So we're going to be able to see that and hear that at, uh, at your at your Sub-E-tha booth?
1: I haven't bought my um ticket yet, but my hope is to get my hotel, uh well, uh, not ticket, but uh hotel room. I don't have reservations, but my okay, hope is well, to Okay, be-
0: well. I, I, you're I'm gonna, gonna be you're gonna be the third person I've told this to, and only one of you can take advantage of this. But I I do have two queen beds in my room, so I've mentioned to David, and to Curtis, and now to you. If somebody needs a bed, <laughs> I'll have one, and you guys can fight we'll, over it. So,
1: people <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll that snore and let us group up and uh, and, sh- and share rooms. Um, <laughs> this i hope to have some stuff with john strong uh his little cartridge demoed and i've got some other things i'm thinking of digging out uh from the basement uh you know lost color computer things that never got made that i'm, I'm wanting to bring i've got a vr helmet uh that would hook up to the wow. color computer read position with a joystick but i can't find the interface that hooked it up to the joystick but we were working on all kinds of crazy stuff back in the 90s
0: wow the crazy '90s, grunge music, and cocoa tinkering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's well. I'm glad you finally was able to join the call. You just uh, you added you added a little value-added stuff here. That's cool. Um, <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I can't. Uh, again, I can't thank you guys enough, and, and everybody else in the community and the Facebook group. It's definitely been. Being part of this community is probably one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me, next to my wife and kids. You know, so um, and and, and well, with the exception of David Lab, of course. You know, but we can't. Uh, <laughs> 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 so yeah, it's been good times. It's been good times. So um, I'm hope to see as many of you as possible at the fest, and um, I don't know. I got nothing else to say. You guys good?
4: Um, I want to do this
0: more. Yeah, you want to just do random yeah. live chats? I'm, I mean, Well, we used like, to have those Cocoa Chat
3: community things because remember Steve used to pop in on them, Steve Bjork and stuff? And yeah. and we haven't well, done them in a long time. We should start them up again now that Steve's active. You well, know, it,
4: something I was thinking of um, is, you know, at, Alan, you brought that breadboard up there that you was working on. And then, of course, I've been working on this side project, which I haven't really talked to very many about. Um, because I've just been getting into the Arduinos and, um, playing with the Atmega 320p chips themselves. And I'm like, with the power of these microcontrollers, especially, you can get the Atmega 320p chip for like a dollar and 75 cents. And I'm looking at this in between the pulse width modulation, the input, um, for the digital lines... And all this other stuff, I'm surprised people haven't been making different converters for use the, on the Coco.
1: The first person who hooks up an Arduino type chip with those I.O. pins to the memory map wins because once that happens, anything we want is is doable. It is so amazing how much cheap off the shelf plug in stuff is made for Arduinos. Wow. So that's you then, right?
4: <laughs> hey, right now I'm just taking no a joystick interface. I'm just not I'm not messing with anything else that's with the cocoa bus
0: yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, my my joystick interface got disassembled because I needed the breadboard for the sound thing, so
0: very cool. Yeah. One small step for mankind, one giant leap for David Ladd once he gets the Arduino thing. <laughs> and
1: and I'm so many shipments. I've got four or five priority mail boxes around me, all this stuff that I've been saying. Thank you, Jason. So there'll be a lot to talk about. So hopefully we can do some more chats. It'd be nice to have the uh, IRC chat going on and then have those that want to jump in video and just kind of tie them all together. Cause we have a big break between the mailing list and Facebook.
4: Right yeah. now
1: I'm yeah. only doing Facebook. Um, even though I don't use my personal account, um, but the the list still has hundreds of active people
2: on it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, as, as soon as David starts, as soon as you guys start talking about IRC, I mean, I am I'm I will admittedly say I'm a pretty big geek, but I'm not sure I can geek out all the way to an IRC client. I'm just not quite we, sure we, I can go there.
1: It was, it was just a web page you went to, and it was just a chat in a, yeah. a web page,
3: and that's yeah. how we did it.
0: I mean, I remember doing IRC chats back when that was the thing. <laughs>
3: but How about the old cocoa and what was nine echoes on
0: FidoNet. You know, it's just like uh, I, I use a I use a thirty five year old computer, but I also use the you know things like Facebook. So it's just like
4: <laughs> hey, but IRC's a good way to, for people to chat because you know it's like I'll sit there and have conversations with William and. Um, you know, Curtis pops in once in a while, at least when I'm around. <laughs> and it's 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 nice, especially when you're trying to figure something out and someone pops in that might have an idea of how to get around it.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, like I'll pop VIP in and maybe answer some you know machine language programming questions or something, or William, who's actually probably these days a lot more familiar with it than I am. So it's a good text
4: yeah, because like on Facebook, yeah, you, you send a post, but then you got to sit there and wait for Facebook to ever notify you when someone replies, where IRCs, you know, just oh. like if you're in Discord or something, it's just instantly you get a reply when someone chats. So it's it's just dependent on how much you want an instant now reply compared to, you know,
2: the right. old forum. And
0: the good news is there's no shortage of ways for people to communicate and collaborate. Well, John just came back, too. John Linville just rejoined the call.
2: Hey, guys. What's up?
0: Hey. Hi, John. (laughs) We've we've been talking about you the whole time.
3: Awesome. You have a lot of explaining to do.
0: (laughs) So Alan just finally joined us, uh, video Lee and audio Lee. I was getting ready to wrap up, and then Alan just came in and added more value-added content to it. So uh, the the cocoa talks just just won't stop. <laughs> you got Curtis back there scratching his head, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm always confused, so that makes sense. <laughs> and of course, uh,
4: John, with all of his nice little hardware projects in the background.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I went over also. I went over the vendor list off of the Glenside site too. So we went through and discussed all the people who are so far lined up to have a exhibitor table at Cocoa Fest too. So we kind of mentioned all those people.
2: I don't know if, um, you covered this, uh, but, um, there's been a little thing related to Bob Swagger's health where, um, you know, kind of had a a sort of a mix up on the, the, the vendor applications. And so, especially if you've sent in a vendor application, but you send it to Bob, uh, then you need to resend it to Tony and or John Mark. Okay. um, So that we can, uh, get that uh, uh, straightened back out so that Tony will have the information uh, early enough to be able to uh, work on the table set up and that sort of thing.
0: Was that put out on the mailing list as well? I did see you put that on Facebook.
2: Yeah, Mike Rowan put to put it out on the mailing okay. list on Facebook. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. an announcement in the podcast we recorded last night.
0: Okay, perfect, uh, perfect. So so um, yeah I, I mean I, I, it's very unfortunate uh, does, do we have any news is, is he doing better
2: yet? I have not heard much. Uh, my impression is that um, you know I mean he's he's survived the pneumonia or whatever but okay. uh, he's gonna be uh, in uh, some sort of uh, like physical therapy or possibly in a like in a nursing home or something for some okay. time
0: okay
1: but I've got to submit one too since I'm listed. I think they just, I think I'm just always on the web page.
3: Okay. You're a placeholder.
1: <laughs> I think so. It's, it's, it's when I was selling t-shirts, when I was working at Microware, uh, which they still use. Wow. How about, very, how about the, cool. the up over
2: the OS 9, the Team OS 9 shirt, huh? That was fun
1: there you go yeah well you know the thing about that is um, everybody thinks the products dead now and apparently it's showing up on archive sites and stuff so they now have to actually step in and defend the copyright and uh, you know that whole thing the reason Apple and Disney have to keep going after people for stupid reasons if you don't defend it you can lose it okay. and so now they do that but apparently if you just write them and go hey dude could we make some OS 9 shirts for the cocoa fest Are you can get back yeah sure here's your permission We'll be right back. I'm Evan Wright, author of Flooded for the Color Computer, and you're listening to original gamer Steve Stroh. Where can you turn to find the latest news and information about the Tandy
3: Color Computer? Only one place the Coco Crew Podcast. Join Neil Blanchard and John Linville each month as they scan the internet and social media for the latest stories about the Tandy Color Computer compatibles
1: and other 6809-based computers. It's the Coco Crew Podcast. Visit www.cococrew.org and begin listening today.
3: Hi, my name is Brennan Donahue, and you're watching the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. Very, very Have fun. you asked for the six zero nine source code? <laughs> we don't know where it is. Oh. <laughs> well,
4: yeah, I, thought, would... I thought someone had said something that uh, yeah, the server or whatever that was holding that source code no longer existed.
1: Yeah, um, right uh, in the final days of Microware, Boise had uh, tried to track down the machine. I think it was called Sybil. And Uh, they found the machine, but the hard drive or whatever had been removed. So that was the end of that. That was the keeper of all the original official code. But Nitros 9 has moved so far beyond that. You know, it'd just be a curiosity to have at this point.
3: I mean, when the level two upgrade, when when Brother Jeremy, you know, kind of had that out and Bill and I started dissembling and there were so many changes and so much stuff, we'd already gone in a different direction. It was just like...
0: Well, you yeah. just, what, the way you just pronounced it, Alan, has caused me to have a question, because what is the official pronunciation of nitrous nine? Is it nitros nine, nitros nine, nit, you know, nitros nitro nine? Nitro
3: is what we, we, we
0: called it. Nitros you, nine, like a long O sound? Yeah, because it's nitro, then, right, you know,
3: for speeding up your car type thing. That's what the... Nitros nine. Would, that was my scale. Was, uh, S9 yeah,
1: okay. or nitro S9 or nitros nine?
3: Uh, it was Nitro OS or Nitro S9 at first, and then we could do it ourselves. We started running it together because it it's faster to say Nitrous 9. So it kind of unofficially became that, but
0: originally it was the, the longer version. So it started off as Nitro OS 9, and this kind of became Nitrous 9.
3: Well, Nitro S9, I guess, is what the original was, and then just Nitrous 9. is Nitrous, okay.
0: Yeah, somewhere
1: I've got a. I've got a a disc from one of the last times it was still being sold.
4: I don't know
3: where that is. Yeah, I've got one of the manuals from like one point one four or something kicking around here somewhere, but
4: Yeah, I'd run across one of my floppies from the uh, uh the Burke, and Burke upgrades power too. Boost.
3: Power boost, yeah.
4: Yeah, so our, was, our main competitor. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I've certainly been around. <laughs>
3: Actually, we had Power Boost too, uh, but Bill and I bought it and then we found it was the emulation mode and then Wes and Bill had been talking about doing the a native version of it. Actually, that's one thing we're going to have to try to get on the podcast there is get Bill and me and if we can find Wes these days and kind of go through the whole history of how Nitrous 9 was came, came to be.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: In the meantime, we get to watch Alan twerk over there, so... <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, at least he's playing
4: with the cocoa at least you know, <laughs> In theme. <laughs> what's, what's
1: cool is sometimes you run across a disc and you find something that you don't even remember being a thing.
0: Wow. This was is e- from,
1: I can't even uh, read that
0: on, on my phone yet. Etha
1: Sampler Master, it, it says? It says
0: Etha Sampler Master by Nick Johnson.
1: Yes. <laughs> and I had to write him. I'm like, what the hell was this? And it was a uh, sophisticated digital sampling thing that he had done, which at the time was better than uh, Mac sound from Soft and all that. So
4: I've got all kinds of stuff I have to get archived and uploaded.
0: And the Coco cat has just come to join me.
4: Yes, yes, the cat that sounds like it just got drugged from
3: hell.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Is it
3: There's Siamese it. or part Siamese? It sounds
4: like No, it.
0: no he's just, uh, just... loud. He's just a shit maker. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> so, this is my little cat Gizmo. I call him Gizmo because he reminds me of the guy from Gremlins. It's a little black and white face. So, um, yeah, and Alan, so,
3: I feel your pain on having to archive everything because I got to get back to that too. And I've got five hundred, five and a quarter inch discs and about two hundred and fifty, three hundred, three and a half discs. I have no idea what's on half of them, and I have to go through them all too. Do it sooner than later. Mine Alan dying.
0: Show John your show John your sound hardware because John Linville wasn't here before when we did that so he's got his uh, little prototype board of his um, serial port sound generator.
1: Okay, and and since it's the same chip as John's, that means my little experiment will already be uh, able to be used on whatever he does. So this is the um, I'm using a Teensy currently right now, and then there's the sound chip in there somewhere. And yeah. then I go out, I had to get an adapter to go using my FireWire cable, <laughs> and uh, I've been powering it by USB. So with the software on here, I can print bytes to the printer port, and it pokes into the sound chip, which sucks. And then I'm going to add all these extra modes so I can send it more intelligent stuff. Um, <laughs> but the first sure. thing I'm doing is porting the, the sound player that I've got on here on Arduino code, which uh, John Strong has Turning into sixty-eight oh nine assembly for his game, so it's 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 been very fun playing with this thing.
2: Cool. Very yes. cool. Yes. So, if you, um, I, I've got mine. Um, I have a player for VGM files. Are you familiar with those?
1: I've heard of them. I see a lot of references about them, but as a musician, I don't know how to make anything like that. So <laughs> I'm dealing with musical notation and
2: MIDI files. Sure. Yeah. And so. So, it's just kind of cool that, you know, it's just register, registered dumps, uh, timed registered dumps. So and cool. uh, So, you can just uh, dump out music from video games or, or people do, uh, you know, kind of demo style uh, compilations or whatever. So, that's kind of cool. It's sort of to prove that the hardware is working or, or whatever. Uh, yeah
1: can you find a dump from the arcade game Congo Bongo? Because I went and listened to it. A friend of mine's got a 60 and one arcade machine, and mm-hmm. it's doing things that I don't know how this chip could do. So if it's just using this chip, I'd love to see what they're doing to make those bongo sounds.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, um, I can look for it. There was, a, there are some places that have dumps for specific arcade games, and um, they break them down by chips or whatever. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know about Congo Bongo in particular. But, you know, some she oh, more than
0: one what Hardwell. Uh, Fedor just joined us from uh Denmark, is it? I get confused, but Fedor's here, Fedor Staman. He's uh he's neighbors with uh, Simon Jonason. They're in the same Oh, cool. Same same general area. Not necessarily next door neighbors, but in the same, you know. Yes. Fedor is here. Very cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, one of the things Alan was saying is that there's a lot of uh, hardware projects on the horizon right now for sound, you know? And as exciting as that is, I hope it doesn't become a f- too much of a fragmented market. Um, and the other thing, too, is Alan is saying, well, now people can write software saying, well, do you have brand X or brand Y sound cards? Um, what I think would be good, and I think one of the things that we, we learned from some of our interviews with the, with the game authors is like, they're like, well, I would have loved to have uh, developed for the speech sound pack, but I would have needed a multi-pack interface, which costs this much money, and the sound card costs this much money. So if for people who are developing the sound hardware, if they could maybe <laughs> give, uh, that looks nice. That looks nice. If maybe some of the current game developers could get some eval copies of the sound hardware so they can actually play with it, you know, that might help the, accelerate the, uh, the development and the adaptation of it, you know? Well
1: Nice, John. That has all these chips on it. You know, it'll
2: have- a multi-sound <laughs> <Yeah>. card. <laughs> and one card to rule them all, right? So. <laughs> well, that's one thing I like about this chip is it's available in quantity pretty cheaply. Yeah. As a lot of the other alternatives. Now, that some of the other chips are nicer. You know, they can do more mm-hmm. cool stuff. But you know, some of those sound chips cost fifteen dollars a piece or even more. Um, and it gets pretty expensive. Uh, and maybe if you just add a single card. Uh, it's not so bad, but then you're back into the well. You can't just add a single card; you got to have a multi-pack and whatever else. So that was my idea of putting it on the on the ROM card, because then you put it on there with your code. Your code knows it's where it lives, and so um, you know it's uh, you don't have to probe for it. You know it's there. Now there's other yeah. limitations. I mean, if you have five games that do that, then you've paid for five copies of the hardware. Right, uh, but so it's. It
1: need- On one of those reprogrammable
2: ROM packs, you could do that too. My thing is, if the hardware costs five dollars, it costs a dollar, and you buy five copies of it, well, you spent five dollars. (laughs) So, yeah,
0: yeah, so it becomes a no brainer at the end of the day. Has there been
2: any thought of
3: putting it as a pass through card where you can plug, say, a disk controller or something else behind it? Yeah, I asked about that
2: idea. Um, I haven't really thought of of doing that. Maybe that's something I could look at in the future. Um We need to build a lot of possibilities.
0: I asked John Strong the same question. He says the cost to produce like that mother-daughter card would be more than just adding the chip to the game. Um, But I also think something like maybe Ed Snyder's mini pack solve some of that problems if we could I was just trying to think of an economy of scale where like you say not having to pay for it five times but if it's only a dollar it's not a big thing but if we had like one sound card that was just in and then you can have a variety of other cartridges or disk based games that could use it technically if you have a if you have a multi-pack and you've documented how to interface with this hardware somebody could make a disk image of a game that could still write to that hardware if it's in a multi-pack slot was that theoretically true? Oh yeah so that might, that might solve the problem too. You can just buy one game with sound and other people could maybe make disk images of games that could use the sound oh, hardware yeah. as well.
3: Yeah, that that
1: seems that seems like that'd be reasonable.
0: I mean, it's not it's at the end of the day it's not a ton of money. I don't think it's not sounding like, you know.
2: Um Well, so I mean, if you look at um, you know, I, I recently put two different um, Farfall cartridges on eBay. Right now I've been selling Farfall cartridges for $40 to anybody who wants them nobody wanted one for the longest time (laughs) right so so i was kind of testing the price to put it on ebay and the first one sold for seventy dollars and the second one sold for a hundred wow so so price
0: doesn't seem to be a big deal yeah, yeah, I wonder what my autograph copy is worth. I had set. <laughs> oh, oh, I
1: just wish they wouldn't shrink-wrap these things because I buy stuff and then I don't want to open
2: it. I've got this collector's mentality. Yeah, yeah that's
0: right. why I had, buy, I had to buy two.
2: I've kind of thought about yeah, not shrink-wrapping them because so many people have bought them and then aren't using them. And it's like, well, that was sort of the point is for people to, to play with them. Yeah, I want- yeah.
1: Blood fill game that you demonstrated. I want, I want a copy of that 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 guy wrote.
2: Yeah, we're gonna have that for sale uh, at the at the Cocoa Fest. Uh, probably in the twenty or twenty-five dollar range, I think. That's reasonable. We'll have, we'll have about ten copies, I think.
0: Okay. Um, first come, first serve. Uh, Neil's yeah. Neil's going to have more of the Sega adapters. I think I'm going to grab one this year because playing Popstar Pilot on my Tandy Deluxe joystick has its uh, limitations. <laughs> so. I think it's more the person playing it yeah, myself. Screw you.
2: <laughs> screw <laughs> you, <What>? Canadian. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's one of my failures this year is I, I really wanted to produce a game that took advantage of the extra buttons on the Sega Genesis pad mm. that you can use with, the, with those uh, adapters. Um, but I just haven't got there yet. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe next year, or maybe for Tandy Assembly uh, coming up in October. Um, I, I'm ready for that one. I'll be in line for that.
0: <laughs> John did actually you, find okay. my old Sega. <laughs> did you get a chance to see the actual DVD package, John? I think you had jumped off before I showed that. You want to get a quick look at it? Yeah, sure. One? Okay. I, 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 I
1: got it running down, and I got to jump off. So it's good. We'll do this again.
0: Okay, thanks for, thanks for being here, Alan. yeah Alan. Okay. Take it easy, Alan. So, so this is the front of it here. I like it. And this has got Joel Adams' Cocoa drawing, which is very nice. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, yeah. Um, and then this is the back um, when it's showing, like, little thumbnails of, of all the games. There's 13 games on here. 12 of them have never even been on YouTube before. The only one that was on YouTube was um, uh, Devious, but, um okay. I, th- th- this time I'm playing it with a double speed poke, as as Curtis suggested. Uh, on the inside, the disc itself looks like a floppy so, <laughs>
2: That's yeah.
0: cool. so, and then I've got my little insert saying what the thirteen games are, so yeah, that's right. that's the layout and and so, what I thought what i I would do different this year was uh to make this actually exclusive, right? So the games that are on here are not on YouTube so it's like why why would anybody want to buy something that you can watch for free anyways which I never understood it was a great idea I forgot who suggested it but somebody in the Facebook group says hey why not make a DVD and I'm like okay I'll make one but for the life of me I couldn't understand why anybody would want to buy it other than you know well I'll get a souvenir or something but sure. um, so I'm hoping that at least this time that these are literally exclusive games that you can't see anywhere else and there's two hours worth of you know brand new Coco gaming videos that maybe two or three people might be interested in that you never know So, um, that was, that was my, um, that was my thought for this year. Um, we are going to have some, I'm going to bring some of the coffee mugs. Um, that you know Joel Adams has designed these things here and maybe some t- I'm gonna be wearing the coconut t-shirts. I think I don't remember if you heard me say this too, but he's also drawn a new image of the cocoa cartoon character from the basic manual. Oh, so yeah. we, you we might have a new t-shirt too with just the, the cocoa cartoon character that says I'm a coconut. So we might have a couple of t-shirt and coffee mug options that I'm hoping to be able to demonstrate or show off at the fest as well. So that'll be kind of cool. just new stuff, new original stuff, you know.
3: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll pull you up for one of the T-shirts and one of the coffee mugs. Now, just to make sure I understood this right, you said that you're going to be wearing some of the shirts. When you yeah, buy the but, shirts from you, they'll be clean ones, like you haven't worn them. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's yes. a different website. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen you sweat, and I don't I don't want to use one. So. Uh. I only
0: sweat when I'm trying to keep up with your guitar playing. So. <laughs> okay. Wow. So f- so <laughs> Fiscap Fiscap, who are you? Fiscap says hi all and looks good. I think he's starting to see some ch- some challenges. I think uh, I I think with support from the community it'll be successful. Thanks, but I'm not sure who you are by your YouTube um, handle there, Fiscap. So, um, but yeah, okay, good. And Fedor is here, so we got we got six people watching this live right now. We've 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 held on to about four or five people the whole time, and probably four of them were all of us uh, that were actually the members as well. Okay, Paul. Fiscarelli. Hey, thanks for being here, Paul. Paul Fiscarelli um, is here. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Again, I think I've beat everything to death, but anybody else got anything they want to say or we want to wrap this up? Or are we good? I think we've covered a lot. Um, I, do,
3: I do like Alan's idea of having the the Coco community chat type thing like this and just invite whoever wants to come, like we used to try to do with audio. Yeah. And Steve to was helping host it, but that kind of fell to the wayside. I wouldn't mind getting that going again.
0: Yeah, it's easy enough to do yeah. with Skype or anything else, so. Um, they they can be live. They don't have to be live, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. and
3: no fixed agenda. Like, we're not talking about a fest. We're not talking about a podcast or an upcoming video. Just general chat once in a while. Yeah, maybe scheduled.
0: Yeah. Like it was. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Day. yeah. This was like really a spontaneous thing. I I gave at least I had advanced notice saying I'd like to do it this evening, which I sent out this morning. And when I got home, I'm like, all right. Anybody around? And I was I was actually pleasantly surprised that we got as many people together as we did. But yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so Fisop who is uh, Paul Fiscarelli, says, I'm a long-time Cocoa user from 81, and I'm a bit of a lurker in Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite all right. There's plenty to lurk there in Facebook, yeah. It's like if I step away for two days and I come back, it's like I feel like I've missed a ton of stuff, <laughs> you know. There's so much stuff going on in that Facebook group. It's, 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 it's impressive. All right, yeah, so, yeah, I'm up for more chats. Uh, anytime, I'll be happy to facilitate and be the host or just join if somebody else is going to host. A, a Skype seems to work, but Google Hangouts is an option, so there's plenty of ways to do that. We can pontificate later on how we want to do that. Um, it doesn't have
3: to be video. It can be audio like the old uh, – I can't remember. What, what did Steve call his –
2: was it just Coco Chat or something? Coco Coordinated Conference.
0: <laughs> CCC.
2: Yeah, I think huh? want
3: a simpler one than that, but, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Coco Talk. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So who who do I have to thank right now? Alan Huffman, who's no longer here. Um, John Linville, uh from the Coco Crew Podcast, Curtis Boyle from the Color Computer Games List website, David Ladd, aka Drencore, A.K.A. Paco Otake, uh whatever his mixed personalities are this day. And then we also uh-huh. have Mark Overholzer <laughs> is joining us as well. Thanks for being here, Mark. Um, I think we can put this to bed. Everybody good? After these messages, we'll be right back.
3: Hi, this is John Robs. I'm at the Coco Fest here with uh, Steve Strobridge, the original gamer. And uh, we're having a great time geeking out on uh, 30-year-old hardware we're having fun. It's a
1: Radio Shack Merry Christmas. This year, I needed to give a real family
3: pleaser. Honey, please help me with this budget. How about a new game, Dad? Please. And I found it. Radio Shack's Color Computer 2. On sale for just $99.95. It entertains, educates, manages. It's expandable and affordable. Now that really pleases me. The Color Computer 2. Sale price for Christmas. Only at Radio Shack.
4: Hello, this is David Ladd, and you're watching Original Gamer Stevie Stro. Sure. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, good. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, everybody. And when this is done streaming and is available for replay, I'll throw a link out there on the Facebook group as well. All right, guys. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again online and definitely at the fest. Yep. Coco. Coco for <laughs> You there. Touch, Take care. Touch the heron. Touch the heron, rub <laughs> rub the heron.
3: Not the hairy something, but just M- the heron. Okay.
0: Molest the heron. <laughs> nine nine months later, I don't want to hear how many heron babies are being born out of this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, Fedor says. Uh, okay, we have a couple people say a couple people saying goodbye in a chat. Okay, um, Jason says good night everyone. Fedor says I can't remember when I got my 4K precisely, but guessing 1983. Good format, Steve. Thanks for pulling it together. Fiscap says. All right, guys, take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you. Well, there you have it, folks. This was our first-ever episode of Cocoa Talk as it originally aired on YouTube, and you're now hearing our first-ever audio podcast version of the show. I hope you did enjoy it. If you did, head over to our brand-new website, CocoTalk.live, For everything you need to know to connect with us, listen to and watch previous versions of our show, and get links to watch the next episode live on YouTube, grab some merchandise, send us some feedback, you name it. Until the next episode, we'll see you then. Cocoa forever long live the cocoa and all that good stuff peace out and bye bye everybody